right, welcome in everyone to the Hustle With Us podcast. I'm your host, Tristan Plunkett, sitting here with you today and every day. To my right, Mr. Craig Mushineau. Craig, how are we doing today? All good, Tristan. Fantastic. Craig, you know as well as I do, we just got off the line here with the head coach, Matt Lewis. He's the head coach at University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh. They are actually the current Division Three national champions. He, as part of the coaching staff, took them to their first national title appearance last year and finished the job this year with that victory. Craig, what did you think of the interview? Yeah, Coach Lewis was fun to talk to, man. He, um, I, I think his perspective as a college coach was great. But one thing that I also really enjoyed was that Coach Lewis is not afraid to get technical around skills development. You know, he was talking with us about um, how he practices with his team, how he uh, encourages his players to use the slide step versus a jump stop or slide stop versus a jump stop, and then actually kind of walked us through what uh, a training and kind of uh, development type of exercise would look like in his practices. So it was great getting technical with him. Absolutely. And that's exactly what we're looking for here on this podcast. And he also gives us some great tidbits in terms of just playing the next level in general. If you're, if you're a young athlete playing in high school, let's say sophomore, junior, wondering uh, where am I going to play at the next level? Am I going to play at the next level? Definitely gives some great insight there. So without further ado, let's just get right into it. Here we go. Our our interview with head coach, Matt Lewis, university of Wisconsin, Oshkosh. Before we get to our interview, a quick word about the Hustle Sports training app. If you're an athlete trying to improve your skills or a youth sports coach trying to develop your players with an effective training program, look no further than the Hustle app. Hustle is the simplest way to learn new sports skills. We partner with coaches and trainers at all levels to produce instructional videos and training plans that will help you to improve your fundamentals and master advanced techniques. Whether you're building out your practice plans or looking to improve your form, techniques, or fitness, Hustle has a training plan for you. Download our app in iTunes or the Google Play App Store by searching Hustle Training or visit our website at hustletraining.com. Get a leg up on your competition with Hustle. All right, here we go. All right, welcome in here, everyone. We have we have a special coach with us on the line right now. He's actually the current a D three national champion. It's Coach Matt Lewis of University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. Coach, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing awesome. Um, I'm still riding pretty high from the championship, so it's it's been a fun month for sure. I'd say yeah, so. Congrats. How long does so? How long does that last? You know, are you already are you already looking at the next season? Are you still you still got that hangover going? How are we feeling? Yeah, we're, we're definitely looking towards next season, um, but we're trying to enjoy the last one as long as we can. So I, I keep telling people I'm going to ride on uh, on cloud nine as long as I can, but we're, we're obviously competitors and we're not going to lose focus on the future either. Sure, absolutely. So now a big, uh, I think a big uh, factor for you this year was returning a ton of starters to your, to your lineup. Is it going to be the same case for you next year coming into 2020, or is it going to be a kind of a revamp of, of the strategy here in terms of what the skill sets of the guys that, that they're giving you? Sure. Yeah. We, we've got uh, three starters coming back um, or three guys we think will start, you know, they, they established themselves this year, but um, each year, you know, guys have to compete and earn their minutes again. Um, that's something that, that's crucial uh, in any good program is just guys that are competing amongst each other. 
Um, we've got several uh, bench players from this year that are coming back next year. Um, and we've got a number of guys that, that improved throughout uh, this year. Um, and some are, are, you know, through their sophomore year of college now and maybe just haven't earned a ton of time on the floor, but they've continued to get better. Um, so it's exciting going into next year. We, you know, we've got, I think, a lot of guys that can play. Um, some guys are going to have to step up and fill new roles, um, but it, it should be another fun year for us. I'd say so, yeah. And I think that definitely having just the wherewithal and the recognition of what the program's all about with the players currently on the roster is definitely where to start. So let's uh, let's talk about your start a little bit here. Talk to us about how you uh, your start into coaching at the uh, at the D, at the D three level at the college level, and uh, what what was that transition like? Did you have any stops before University of Wisconsin Oshkosh? Tell us about what what uh, what your process was like. Sure. Um, I grew up in a, a small town in uh, Illinois, and you know, I realized I wanted to play college basketball, but I also uh, was self-aware enough to know I, I wasn't going to play at a high level. Um, <laughs> so I, I kind of realized that if I ever wanted to get um, a long career in basketball, that coaching was probably the route I had to go. Um, so I went into college basketball and was fortunate enough to get to play at a Division three school. Um, but while I was going through that, that college playing experience, um, I was trying to position myself uh, to be ready to coach collegiately. Um, right out of college, I did a volunteer opportunity at the Citadel. Um, I was there for about two weeks in Charleston, South Carolina, and that coaching staff took a, a new position at Tulane University in New Orleans. Um, so I moved there and continued to volunteer. Um, I didn't have a job, and so I left, and I took a job that paid a little bit at Rhodes College in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I was there for about two months, and then they offered me a full-time spot back at Tulane. Uh, so I moved back to New Orleans, and I worked there for two years. Um, so I got to you know, learn the Division I level. Um, and ultimately, what I figured out after that was that, that I was a Division Three guy um, for a variety of reasons, but, but that you know, was who I was and who I am. So after two years of, of doing that, I moved to Wisconsin um, and really just tried to hunt and find the best division three possibility um, and luck of the draw uh, where I had moved to in Wisconsin uh, was 15 minutes from Oshkosh and I had a common connection to this this new coach that had been hired at UW Oshkosh and um, he offered me a job uh, that was seven years ago so I spent six years as the assistant and then uh, about this time last year uh, the previous head coach got a new job um, and I was fortunate enough to take over as the head coach this past year. Nice. So I wanted to go back a little bit to that that era that you um, referred to as volunteer experience. Um, you know, obviously you're really dedicated um, to to making making this happen. You had that vision of what was to come. How did you make that call to be what you referred to as a volunteer and and join that staff? Yeah. I so I, I had worked um, the summer prior to graduating college. I'd gone down and I worked basketball camps. I'm at the Citadel and a number of other places that summer. Um, it, it was advice I had received from a different, you know, a few different people that were coaching in college, which just go on the camp circuit and make some connections. And so that summer, I, I made a connection with um, a guy who happened to be an alum uh, from the college that I was playing for, and so that kind of got me a foot in the door. And he goes, "Hey, next next spring, come on down and you know volunteer with us. We'll call the coaching internship. We'll get you some credits." Um, and so I, I said, heck yes, yeah, so let's do this. And so I, I moved down there and I slept on the team room couch. 
And I, I was like, this is, if, if I'm going to get in, this is how I'm going to have to do it. And, and I was just fired up. Uh, I was living out of a suitcase, sleeping on a couch. Um, the Citadel is a military school. And so those guys are um, waking up at the crack of dawn and, and they're, you know, moving around the team room at 6 a.m. And, and I'm just like, what the heck is going on? And, um, so it, it was an awesome experience. And then, you know, after a few weeks of that, I was fortunate to like, hey, you know, we're moving to New Orleans. I said, well, what am I going to do? You know, I had, I had no idea. And the, the assistant coach goes, well, I guess pack up your stuff and come with us. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> then I lived on a hotel room floor uh, for about a month and a half. Um, and then they moved into kind of some temporary housing while they were moving their families uh, to, to New Orleans. And so I slept on the floor of, of one of the places they were living. Um, and that's how I spent about the first three months um, after graduation. So it was, it was a fun experience for sure. Got it. Of course. Yeah. And I think that uh, sounds like paying your dues sort of uh, played a part here. And I'm sure your players sort of take the, the same mindset, or at least I'm sure you instilled that in them. Now, you mentioned that your, your former head coach had left midseason last year. You, you took over the reins. You folks made it to the first uh, national championship appearance. And then this year, I believe, you folks, uh, you, you folks won it all. Now, what's the future there at University of Wisconsin Oshkosh? Are we looking to stick around or uh, what's the latest? Yeah, so our, our head coach, he left right after the season last year. Um, he left kind of mid-April, um, and I took over at that point. Um, and this year we did. We had an incredible year. Um, it was the best year in our, our school's uh, history for men's basketball. Um, so I was very fortunate to be a part of it and get to coach the guys that, that we had this year. Um, I, I'm going through the process right now. I was technically the interim coach all year. Um, so I'm, I'm going through the search process. It's a state system, and there are a lot of guidelines that you have to follow. Um, and so we're going through that. And I'm hopeful that, that it'll go the way I want it to. Um, you know, my, my vision is to be at Oshkosh for a lot of years. Um, the reason I moved back to Wisconsin, um, actually, is with my, moving to Wisconsin. I'd never lived here, but my family, mom and dad, brother, sister-in-law, nieces, everybody had moved to Wisconsin prior to me. Um, mm-hmm. So it was my you know, kind of new home. And so I moved up here. And then my fiance uh, now lives up here with me. We bought a house. We're getting married in September. Um, so this this has become home for us up here in Wisconsin. So hopefully I'm able to stay here for, for a lot of years. Uh, that's great. Very nice. Really building something there. Um, so let's transition into skills development here at Hustle. That's what we're all about. We've got the app that um, helps players learn drills, helps coaches learn new ideas, and, and uh, just a lot of really great resources for coaches. Um, but let's talk about, you know, how do you get your team ready? Say it's the kind of preseason or the beginning of the season. What are some of the drills that you do um, at the beginning of the season to get your teams ready to play? Yeah. So I'd say we're, we're kind of in a unique position at Division Three where we don't get, you know, the, the contact um, until practice starts. And so we've got to be very – um, thoughtful or, or mindful of how we use our practice time once that October 15th, our start date hits. And so we put a lot of thought into just how we're, we're going to be the most efficient uh, we can be in a practice setting. And one thing that we, we I think we do a good job of um, is the skill development piece during practice. Um, and it, it, you know, sometimes at Division Three, the 
the coaches just want to hop right into the X's and O's and, and you know, what we're going to do on the offensive and defensive end and all that. And our mindset is to let's continue to invest in our players' skill so that come, you know, February, March, we, we've continued to grow over the course of the season. Um, I think some of the best things that we do uh, revolve around just shooting and finishing. Mm-hmm. We spend a, a ton of time finishing around the basket, um, every position, you know, point guard through post. We, we do uh, something called finishing school. Um, and and I, I did not come up with our progression. I stole it from the coach that I worked for at Tulane. Hmm. Uh-huh. But it's a, a really good progression of, you know, there's three, four kind of um, foundation drills that we work off of. Um, a lot of our finishing moves are off of a stride stop rather than a jump stop. Um, and I think that really helps guys at the college level uh, just come to balance and give them a few more options when it comes to finishing around the basket. You know, sometimes when you just jump stop, uh, you don't have as many options. You know, it's tougher to pivot off of a jump stop, I think. And, you know, sometimes you just you come to kind of an awkward position to even pass from. So we really focus a lot on the stride stop in our finishing. Um, we, and we do it, you know, from an elbow. We do it from kind of a mid-wing. We do it from right in front of the rim. You know, so we spend a lot of time on that. Um, I'd say, you know, three, four days a week, we're spending eight to ten minutes a day on finishing the basketball. Um, That's great. Yeah, and then we invest a lot of time in just shooting. You know, it it doesn't matter what offense you run. If you can shoot the basketball, uh, you you can be fairly efficient and good on the offensive end. So we we spend a ton of time just shooting the rock. Nice. Great. No, that's really good. Um, What about kind of as you're, you know, working through the season or say – deciding to make adjustments based on what the team is providing to you, or even say after a loss, you know, how do you make those adjustments based on what you see, especially when it comes to drills and, and kind of skills development? Yep. Um, I, I'm fortunate to have a, a really good coaching staff around me. Um, we've got some assistants that are, that are really, really good. And so what they'll do is, you know, I'll watch a, a game and focus more on big concepts, our X's knows and our defense um, and, and, you know, prepare for the next team. Um, and our assistants will dive in um, and they'll take some time and just kind of look at what skills our guys need to continue to develop over the course of a season. Um, and, and they'll, you know, pull, we've got access to synergy, which is awesome. Um, and so they can pull out clips of, you know, we think Eric needs to continue to get better shooting the basketball. So, mm-hmm. you know, they'll pull out different clips of the shots that he has taken you know, here's how he, you know, the ones he's made here, are the ones he's, he's consistently missing. Um, and then they'll take those guys into the gym outside of practice and they'll spend, you know, 20 to 30 extra minutes focused on those specific skills. Um, Cause as, as the season goes, you know, everybody tries to shorten practices and, and we do as well. You got to be mindful of, of guys' legs and um, their stamina over the course of a year. So, so we want to be really focused on what we're doing in that, that practice time. And so we really encourage guys to get in the gym extra outside of practice, um, which is I think easier at the college level because you're not always in class um, like you're dealing with at the high school and the middle school level. Sure. Yeah, definitely. You, you, you answered my question there before I even got a chance to ask it. The How does that strategy change as you progress throughout the season? Definitely uh, backing off a little bit on the practice time and maybe a little bit more in the film room. Sounds like could be the could be the recipe yeah. there just to save the legs of those folks out there. So let me ask you, let me ask you this. Now let's say you are mid season, you do recognize a change that needs to be implemented on the team. 
tell us the process there in terms of how to take it, how to how to implement that change, uh, whether it's taking those players aside as and working with individually with coaches, and tell us about uh, trying to balance that in terms of developing one player's skill set versus the team's skill set. Yeah. Again, yeah, it's, it's obviously it could be multifaceted there, um, you know, depending on the change that you're trying to make. Is it, you know, are, are you trying to continue to get one player better um, or is there a specific skill that the entire team needs to get better at? Um, you know, so you just got to be kind of, um, again, thoughtful as to how you're going to approach it. If it's one player, um, sometimes that's easier because you can just hone in for, you know, 20, 30 minutes extra. Um, you know, each day and try and get better. Um, you know, one guy's shot this year, we were really focused on just improving his shot throughout the season. And, and we were, you know, early in the year, it was trying to clean up his, his offhand. Later in the year, we were really focused on balance and his feet um, and then continuing to add the ability to shoot off the move. You know, so with that guy, it was more of an individualized approach. And it was a lot of our assistant coach um, that, that's got a great feel for how to rebuild uh, shots. You know, he was really working with that guy on a one-on-one basis. Um, if it's an overall skill set, you know, then we need to we need to sit down and we need to watch film as a group. And you know, one of the big things is passing the basketball. You know, we're we're turning the ball over too much when we drive baseline. We're we're leaving our feet. We're not coming to a stride stop and pivoting. Um, so we point that out in film as a group, and then we go right to the court and, and we do a couple of drills that emphasize that that day. Um, and then we try and point it out when we do it well. You know, if we film practice every day. And so if we see it um, happen in practice and we like it, then we can pull that clip out and we can show it the next day before practice and reemphasize us doing that skill the correct way. Um, and usually if you do it the correct way, it'll at least result in something positive. Um, so that's, you know, kind of two different approaches there, whether it's individual or a group thing. Sure. So you bring up that term again, stride stop, and in, in your response there, talk to us a little bit about the just the just the the technical aspect of it. Stride step versus the jump, stride stop versus the jump stop, and what exactly are you trying to attain from that stride stop in your own strategy? There, are you looking to pass it off? Are you looking to have your guy finish that drive off? Is it all situational? Tell us a little bit about that that uh, in game mindset that you want your players to have when when performing these technical aspects of the game. Sure. Uh, so for us, you know, a stride stop, you're, you're attacking, and, and most coaches are familiar with it. Um, you know, you're attacking to your right hand, and your right foot's going to be the first one to hit the floor, and then your left foot uh, is going to, you know, kind of extend out in front of you, and you're going to come to a balanced stop. And when you do that, if you're driving right lane line uh, to your right hand, your feet are going to essentially be um, parallel to the lane line. And so your shoulders are going to be parallel to the sideline. Um, and I think what that does is it allows, you know, a smaller player to protect the basketball and keep it on their back shoulder. You know, typically a defender is going to fight to get to the inside uh, shoulder or the inside hip. And so you're able to keep a defender away from the basketball. Um, and then from there, we're able to practice, you know, starting just with our outside hand. So if you're driving to your right and you come to a stride stop, you can extend out with your right hand and finish uh, over top of a bigger player. Um, if, if you feel like you can get an angle to the basket, we work on inside hand finishes. So driving right results in a left hand inside hand finish. Um, that you know is, is utilized primarily by guys that are smaller and they're reaching kind of underneath of a bigger player. Um, when we pass the basketball from a stride stop, 
it's essentially a front pivot. So you're coming to a stop, you're going right, left, coming to a stop, you've got the ball on your back shoulder, which is your right shoulder, and then you front pivot on your right foot, and it allows you to, rather than you know, pivot through contact, if you come to a jump stop, you're more naturally gonna front pivot through contact. Um, a stride stop allows you to front pivot away from contact, creates a little bit of separation, and then it's easier to pass the basketball. Um, and one of the things is, you know, most players, um, especially ones that are, that are continuing to grow and develop, they just see what's in front of them. So as you're driving, uh, they're just constantly trying to throw to what's directly in front of them. Um, but as you become older, you play against better competition, usually the person that's open is the one that's behind you and the one that's tougher to see. So a stride stop allows for you to come to balance and pivot back towards the person that's filling it. Uh, an opening behind you. So you know, we want guys to try and drive and finish, but I think it puts them in a really good place to pass the basketball once they penetrate and get the thing deep. Okay. Yeah, no, that I really appreciate that, that response there. That was very technical. I think that uh, your description there was very sound in terms of, uh, in terms of what you were describing there, you can definitely get that vision of exactly what you're trying to accomplish. Now, let me ask you on the, on the college trail, it's a little different from high school as you mentioned earlier, especially in the recruiting aspect. Now, tell me where, where you folks start when it comes to the recruiting. Are, obviously, you're trying to fill a need that your team needs, whether it's height, whether it's speed, whether it's agility. Where do you start with that? Or do, you look at the, do you look at the crop of what you have now and, and see what's out there available? And how do you narrow down who exactly is the right person to target? Yeah, no doubt you have to see what your team has and what the true needs are. Um, it, division three is a little different than the, you know, division two, division one, division one, you've got a specific number of roster spots essentially. And then you can carry a couple walk-ons division two. They're, they're doing the partial scholarships. And so their rosters can fluctuate a little bit more division three, when you're not offering an athletic scholarship, your roster size can fluctuate a lot. And it does, you know, I've got some coaching buddies that, that have 13 to 15 on their roster at the division three level. Um, ourselves at, at UW Oshkosh, we carry 19 or 20. Hmm. Um, and, and I, we do that for, for a variety of reasons. One being, I think competition is a healthy thing within our program. So if there's multiple guys at a position competing for that time, then it's a natural thing. They're going to cause each other to get better. Um, so you have to look at, you know, where are you at depth wise at those positions? Do you need more bigs? Do you need more guards? Do you need you know, a couple guys that can flat out shoot the basketball. And so that helps you get a start as to where you're going. Um, when we go out and we recruit, the first thing that draws your attention, no doubt, is, is can a kid play at your level? Um, can he help you win big at your level? Mm -hmm. um, for us, the guys that can help us win big at, at Division Three are the guys that can play up a level. So we recruit a lot against Division Twos because we need that next level player to help us win uh, what we want to win, which is a national championship. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the talent piece kind of draws your attention, but from there you got to find out if they're the right fit. And, and at Oshkosh, we, we want high character young men. Um, and so we got to do our homework. We've got to talk to high school coaches, AAU coaches. Um, we've got to interact with that young man and his family um, multiple times. We've got to get to know people that are just around them apart from coaches and just try and figure out, is he truly a high character young man? Um, if he is and he's talented, you know, how is he academically? Um, can he get into school? Um, and then is he a serious enough student where 
when he comes to the college, are we going to have to chase him around the class? Are we going to have to worry about constantly uh, what he's doing in the classroom uh, on the, you know, at the, at night in the dorm and that sort of thing? Um, or is this a kid that's a, a serious enough student where he's just going to get good grades and excel because he wants to. Um, so high character, a, a serious student. And then we need a kid that really loves the game of basketball and wants to get better. Um, because at Division Three, when we don't have contact for half the year, I mean, our season ended on March 17th. Um, and this year's a little different. We're going to Spain. So we get some practices leading up to our Spain trip. But in a typical year, our season was done March 17th, and we don't have contact till October 15th. We need players that are internally driven um, and, and just going to go and get themselves better. You know, mm -hmm. if, kid, if a kid doesn't love the game of basketball at the Division Three level, it's really hard to get better because you don't have a coach that's constantly in the gym with you. Um, you don't have somebody that's in the weight room just staring at you, making sure you're doing every single rep. Um, now, we're fortunate to have a really good full-time strength coach for our athletic department, but that doesn't exist everywhere at our level. Um, so we need, we need a high-character young man. We need a serious student. We need somebody that loves the game and obviously somebody that can help us win uh, from a talent level. Nice. So you talked about the or quite a bit about the character of the players. What about team culture? You know, what are some things that you do to instill that uh, that culture within your program? Yeah, we, we talk a lot about um, it's a quote and, and we stole it from somewhere. And I <laughs> I've had the opportunity to talk about it a lot the last few weeks. Um, given our success, people keep asking me to <laughs> do interviews and I wasn't ready to have the uh, the citation. So I, I got to figure out where we stole this quote from. But it's good teams have good players. Great teams have great teammates. And whoever came up with it was a pretty smart guy or a woman. Um, likely a woman. She, she probably came up with it. But um, we, we talk a ton about just being a great teammate. And, and that kind of helps us guide how we're going to build our culture. Um, so obviously it starts in the recruiting process, making sure we've got the right people on board. But then how are we going to conduct ourselves on a daily basis um, whether it's in practice or um, outside of practice, you know, just our daily interactions. Um, how are we going to build a culture that, that revolves around great teammates? And, you know, a lot of it does start just with myself and with our coaching staff. We've got to have open and honest communication um, and make sure that guys, you know, trust us and believe in us. Um, and that, you know, develops, you got to develop a strong relationship with them. Um, if you don't have a relationship and guys don't trust you, um, then, then they're not going to be able to truly buy into what you're trying to coach and, and instruct them. Um, and then if they don't trust you, there's, there's very little chance that they're trusting their teammates. Um, so, you know, the concept of trust is, is crucial for us. Um, and, and hopefully if guys can trust the coaching staff and, and trust their teammates on a daily basis, um, they can have confidence in what we're trying to coach and do. And then hopefully they can have a lot of confidence in themselves as well. Um, so for us, it, it, be great teammates. And then hopefully, as we're trying to be great teammates, uh, we can we can continue to build and grow our culture in the right direction. That's great. Let's um, let's switch gears and talk a little bit about the role of technology um, in your coaching. You know, at Hustle, that's what we're we're here for. We use technology to make players better, um, to give coaches better insights. Um, you know, what 
you know, you, you had talked a little bit about um, how you use film and that's certainly one aspect of technology, but what other, what other things do you do when it comes to technology with your team? And then where do you see the future going um, when it comes to technology and basketball? Yeah. Um, there's, uh, there's almost so much of it now where you just kind of got to pick what fits your program well mm -hmm. um, and what you think is the most um, uh, productive or efficient. You know, obviously, we use Synergy a ton for scouting opponents, and we use Huddle film still. Um, because huddle is is really good just for the day-to-day -day practice film so we're able to to upload practice film um, as soon as we walk off the court and then guys have access to it on their phones and we're able to cut it up and provide feedback for guys and show it the next day um, so you know we use a lot of google just all the google programs um, because at our level you don't have a coaching staff that's in the office together every single day you know, we're fortunate we've got myself and two full-time assistants, but then we've got two volunteer part-time guys um, that, you know, one of them works at a, a bank full-time and then he comes down to practice um, as much as he can, but he helps a lot with scouting reports. So we do everything on Google Docs uh, in terms of our scouts. That way, when we're all working from our houses or our offices or wherever we're at, we can share um, and collaborate our thoughts that way. Um, and we, we use Google Sheets and a variety of things as well. Um, so that, that's become huge for us. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's more and more of the, the analytical things coming mm -hmm. out. Um, we haven't gotten a ton into, um, and, and probably it's me just not being smart enough um, to, to understand all the in-depth stats. Um, obviously there's some on Synergy, but then there's a lot of uh, people that are, you know, like there's this thing called in stats. Um, there's this thing called uh, just play um, and some other ones um, that are huge for coaches and more and more are getting involved in them. Um, we just haven't, we haven't dove into those quite yet. Um, one thing that you experience at division three that um, you just don't have the budget sometimes is, is, you know, big of a budget as division ones or division twos and, so we, we, again, have to be selective on what technology we go and access. Um, I think one of the great things that it's simple, uh, but it's been really good, is just the, the Twitter and the, the Instagram. Um, our guys, they, you know, they've got to work on their games half the year on their own. And we, you know, we are able to provide feedback at the end of the season. But those guys just go and steal drills um, and different skill things that they want to work on off of Twitter and off of Instagram. And so mm -hmm. that's, you know, obviously that's a simple thing, but I think it's a really good resource. Um, I steal plays off of Twitter. You know, every great coach steals sets and different actions. I follow a couple different people and, you know, sometimes in January in the middle of the night, I'll see a really good play I like. We put it in. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just got to use the resources that are available. And, and obviously there are a lot of them right now. So. I think it's all, what, what do you think is going to be best for your program and allow you to be uh, as good as you can be? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Twitter and uh, Instagram and all that, they're definitely great for the, for uh, pulling some drills on there. I'll, I'll go ahead and make that shameless plug for hustle as well. In case you, in case you guys are looking for some other drills that maybe aren't popping up in, in terms of their search terms. But, uh, but thank you coach really appreciate your time here tonight and really think that, uh, all the, like I said, all the knowledge you've instilled here and, and just being so descriptive about, about your approach is really going to help our, our youth athletes out. Now, before we let you go, we, we always love to do a little quick rapid fire round with our, 
with our guests and uh, we'll, we'll make it, we'll, we'll funnel on through it here. It might be a little fun, might be a little more of a technical te- technique type of questions, but we'll go ahead and start it up. we got yeah. the, we got the production going on in the background. I'll kick it off here. Coach, what's your favorite sports movie? My favorite sports movie. Oh, uh, Tin Cup. Ooh. I was just talking about that at the, while watching the Masters. So, uh, yeah. yeah. When you're, when you're it in the water. You couldn't help yes. it. So. Yeah, that's right. Agreed. Um, my question is, what's your favorite basketball shoe of all time? Favorite basketball shoe of all time. Um, it's a good thing and a bad thing. It was uh, like the Kobe 2. Um, I've heard that before. I dislocated my ankle uh, in a set of those, and, and so I still got them laying around. Um, they, had to, <laughs> oh, no. they had to cut it off my foot, so I, I've still got them. They were incredibly comfortable, uh, except for that one time I wore them. So, well, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll shuffle that under the rug there. Then, uh, <laughs> all right, coach, you are a uh, you're obviously an accomplished college basketball coach here. Tell me about your first sports memory whether it's rooting on your rooting for your own team rooting for your own favorite player when you were younger what's your very fair, very first favorite sports memory maybe something that kicked you into this role that you're in here now yeah um i i, I you know you can go back to the really little ones where you remember playing at, at the ymca or, or something like that um and i remember losing when i was a real little kid and I just didn't accept it very well. I, I was a I was a big crier when I was a little kid. I used to lose and start crying, um, so I, I had to be consoled quite a bit. But um, probably my first you know true uh, memory about you know maybe possibly coaching was um, when I was in you know sixth, seventh, eighth grade. I had some really good coaches, and you know there were some days um, where I just remember them installing a few things. And and as a player, I remember you know specific plays still that they put in and. You know, I just kind of remember what it was like listening to the coach at that age, and um, that that really stuck with me. Nice talking about a coach. Who is a coach across any sport that you admire the most? Um, the, the guys, you know, I got a couple guys that I worked for that I really admire, um, and that's on a you know a personal level getting to know those guys. Um, I, as a basketball guy, I've got a lot of respect for Greg Popovich. Um, it seems like he's built a, um, a culture and kind of a family atmosphere that's uh, pretty unique for the professional level. Uh, so if there was one guy I could you know, sit down and hang out with for a weekend and try and figure out what makes him tick and, and how he was able to do what he's done over his career, it'd probably be Popovich. Love it. Yeah, and I'm glad – well, I'm glad we got you before you hung out with Popovich for a weekend because more than likely we, we would have been getting uh, two-word answers coming out of you here for <laughs> for the rest of the night. But glad that uh, – like I said, I'm really glad you were able to join us here. Really think it helped us out and and uh, really think you had a lot to offer here to uh, to some of our young athletes. Appreciate the time once again. Before we let you go, anything uh, – any you mentioned the social media. Any kind of social media, any organizations you want to plug before we let you go here? Yeah, I think um, as a college coach, the coaches versus cancer thing is huge. Um, that always comes up, you know, kind of middle, late of our season, um, kind of in January. So if anybody's ever looking to get involved, um, that'd be something incredible to, to continue to support. A lot of the Division One coaches are doing fundraisers. I, I just saw that Coach Underwood at Illinois was doing a coaches versus cancer um, fundraiser the other night and, and several division one coaches flew in from around the country to support that. So that's obviously an incredible thing as we continue to fight cancer. Um, I, I'll just toss out that, 
you know, if, if I can ever be of help um, in any way to your listeners, uh, you know, feel free to look me up on our website. Um, that's probably the easiest way is my email and, and office phone number are listed on there. And um, I, I try and respond to every email that I receive. Um, sometimes it takes a little longer than others, but you know, I'll, I'll do my best. So if they've got basic questions or recruiting questions or, or coaching questions, whatever it may be, um, feel free to, to reach out to me. I, I'd love to, to hear from you and respond back. Got it. And as someone that's talking to you right now, I can certainly attest to that. Uh, Matt, that's Coach Matt Lewis there, University of Wisconsin Oshkosh, head men's basketball coach, current D3 national champion. Coach, really appreciate your time here tonight. Thank you again. Thank you, guys. Had a lot of fun. <laughs>